0: Hello everyone! Welcome to the Fully Charged Cast. Uh, my name is Joe, and I'm here with Matt and Frank. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm um, doing all right. Um, just uh, you know. Um. So yeah, so we got a pretty packed show for you guys today. Um, it's episode ten. Um, unfortunately, Brent wasn't able to join us for this episode, and so it is going to go from there. Uh, so, what have you guys been up to lately? I've been doing a whole lot of killing orcs
1: and shadow of war. That's pretty much all I've been doing in the last couple days. Nice. It
2: uh it, it, it Matt's not gonna mention it, but it, it bears uh mentioning to say that it is his, in fact his birthday today.
0: Oh yeah, this
2: goes live, but you know, it is his birthday, he's like a thousand now.
0: Yeah, he's at least a thousand.
1: Hanging in there somehow. I mean she a thousand, thousand years him.
0: is like it's nothing though still. You know, still, yeah. It so, just goes by,
1: goes by so quick. I remember Genghis Kong in the Cradle. If I had known then <laughs> what I know now, for sure.
2: And that brings us to our topic: Mulan sauce. No, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, let's. But, uh But yeah, so like let's... when it comes
0: to games, uh, a great game just came out recently, Shadow of War, and you two have both been playing it lately. Um, mm. What do you guys think about it? Matt, you go ahead and go first.
1: Oh, thanks. Uh, I I really like it. It's uh, I really enjoyed the first one. I talked about that last week. I, re- I really enjoyed Mordor a lot. And Shadow of War has taken a lot of elements that were really good about war and has fine-tuned them, refined them, made it better. The Nemesis system is better than ever. Every orc that I encounter feels like its own unique individual and I didn't, it's really cool, obviously. The first I want to say four hours were really first linear. Act. Yeah, the first the first act, act one, which is about four to four to five hours, it was really linear and story driven and quite frankly it was boring. And nothing against Tolkien universe, but I just don't care about the story in this game. So being forced into the story for the first four hours was kind of a drag. But once you get into like the third area of the game, you get to start building your orc army, assaulting fortresses, doing a whole bunch of stuff like that. And that's when the game
2: really, really shines. Yeah. It brings back some familiar faces that are unique to the game that really help, uh, kind of, it's almost like it's winking to the fans who played the first one. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, we know you're to the good stuff. Now you can relax. It's just, it's kind of like they throw a bone to the people that like the story. Um, and it's just, it's just not very good. I mean, I like, I love the Tolkien universe and I love Lord of the Rings, uh, and the movies and books and, and such, but, and I liked how they took elements from even some, some deep cuts, like from the Similarian and and things like that. But it's just, it's just a tonally a mess. It's like, it's just a big power fantasy. I don't even know why they pretend to have it in the canon. It doesn't make any sense that a character like this would ever have existed. Um, but yeah, it's really enjoyable. Like Matt said, it's it's fun. Each character is really unique. The Nemesis system that I really wish other games would copy at this point. Um, it's just so... just... You're really able to make your own kind of fun stories and something that a lot of games try to do. Like, you can have your own little goofy adventures in, like, say, Grand Theft Auto or something, but it's never this emergent. It's never so so well done that, that you really get attached to this cast of characters that you kind of cultivated and they're not just some story written characters. They're just these goofball orcs with weird personality quirks. I had Matt, have you run into any kind of interesting orcs?
1: I ran into this I ran into this guy who <clears throat> he was the first guy who betrayed me. And I really like that aspect of the game, too, because the first game kind of made it seem like they're dominated. They, they're they powerless to resist, like, your, your power. But this game, like, if you, like, show any kind of signs of weakness, I think if you die too much in, like, a certain span of time that the orcs tend to bet- betray you. But this guy betrayed me, and he killed me. Like, I was in the middle of, like, I was in the middle of a mission I wanted to... I wanted to kill this one guy, and I wanted to brand this guy. I kind of wanted to mold him to move up in my army because I liked his skill set, and I wanted to groom him to be an overlord in my section. So I set these guys up for a fight, and I'm, like, letting them fight each other, and I go in one of them is weak, and I try to kill kill one of them. This guy just comes out of nowhere when I'm, like, two slivers of health away. He's like, nope, yep, ambush. I'm going to betray you, and he just murders me. And I'm just like... Can't let that slide. So I go, I kill him. I cut him in half. I'm like, okay, this guy's cut in half, like from the, from the waist down. He's cut in half. So I'm just going around and he ambushes me out of nowhere again. And he's like talking to me like, yeah, like I got cut in half. My brother stitched me back together, but I'm coming back to kill you. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, just, I think he's dead now. But if he comes back, I'll let you guys know.
2: Yeah, well, to continue that story, there's a system in the game where if like one of your friends gets killed by a specific orc, uh, you can get a mission in your game to avenge them. And while Matt had already taken care of this particular character, I also got that mission. So basically, that orc died three times. It was a wonderful time. But but is he dead? We don't know if that unless their head rolls. Apparently, yeah, in that's the
1: game, a pretty safe bet. If they get decapitated, they're gone.
2: I don't know. I man. like I that, feel like that somebody's gonna surprise me. I, I like that there's put <laughs> my head that back on and be... coming after you.
1: I do like that some marks can't be dominated. They have the iron will
2: to resist you. Mm-hmm. And they like just it? to the death.
0: Yep. So, like, really quick. So, what do you guys think is better about this game compared to like Shadow of Mordor? Like, can you really compare the two? And oh yeah. Okay. So, like, what do you think it's... might
2: be better about this one? It's Shadow of Mordor plus way more. It has okay. none of the fluff, more of the... Well, it has fluff, but it doesn't feel unnecessary. Like, the collectibles are back, but they're they're not really in really out-of-the-way places. You're just going to kind of run into them. And the, a couple of them are really worth getting. There's these... It kind of replaced these hidden objects in the last game where you have these runes to uncover this door, which didn't exist for anything other than to look cool. But in this, you find these huh. runes. And when I say runes, I mean R-U-N-E-S, not... R-U-I-N-S. Um and they have uh and you go to a door once you found them all and you literally fill in like a Mad Libs poem of Lord of the Rings stuff, uh, and you get a cool piece of armor. Yeah, the game's the game's done done a good job of keeping you interested without burning you out. It's it's good. I'm excited to see some of the new areas. And a quick note about the loot boxes that everyone was wringing their hands about. I've not once felt the urge or the need to spend anything, real money or virtual money, on getting them. I feel like the game throws so much at you at all times that it would be foolhardy to do so. I have not beaten the game, and I know Matt hasn't either. We're probably about the same spot. And I I can say with confidence, I do not think I'm going to ever have any urge to spend money on the game when the game no. plays as fun as it is.
1: Now The loot boxes pretty much, they come with training orders for your orcs so that you can like train them to do other things, which that's nifty. But the big appeal is they come with orcs that you can have as followers. And my, my personal view on that is it kind of takes away like the spirit of the actual game is like, if you just get followers handed to you then you're not actually like building your own story in the world to like, like I said, I wanted to groom this guy to move up in the rank. Like I like that aspect of the game is like finding this guy who I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna be really badass, and I can move him all the way up into he can control this region for me. Like that's that's like part of the fun that I get out of it. So buying a loot box to get followers just diminishes like what I play the game for.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, like arguably the uh, the only reason you might want certain loot boxes is you can get orders that allow you to transfer an orc from region to region. Because uh, they're kind of locked to whatever region you got them in, and there's multiple regions in the game. If you have that order, you can transfer them. So if you have a guy you really are attached to, you can have him come with you to the next region. But then you got to use another one to go to the next region. I can see where that would become problematic. It's not really necessary. It's more of a personal thing, though. So.
0: Okay. So, yeah, so I guess uh, we can just move on really quick to um, Battlefront 2. The beta was out, um, and we all had a chance to play it. Um, together, but, even. Yeah, together for a little bit, even though the party system in it wasn't the greatest. It kind of yeah. moved to didn't and, exist yet. And, yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist <laughs> would be a better way to say it. But, yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know, I enjoyed the little bit I got to play of it. I obviously didn't play as much as you guys, um so, like, what do you guys think was the best thing so far about that beta, and what are you excited about for the new game coming out in next month? Birthday boy?
1: Yeah, hey, I went first for Mordor at your turn.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I really liked... I mean, it looked really nice. That was awesome. The modes they had on display were really cool. I wish they had picked a different map other than seed, um for the, the Galactic Assault mode, which is, like, the premier kind of flagship mode it it was very pretty and very faithful to the boobies but it wasn't a very interesting game Uh, the objectives were kind of muddy and i I don't know it felt a little too weirdly spread out for that kind of game mode but it was it was ultimately pretty cool they got really neat once you get into the palace i feel like that's when the game it gets more interesting yeah, I think.
0: Oh, sorry, I was go gonna say, you. like, go what, ahead, but the palace. I actually, that was probably my favorite part is because I got close quarter combat, and that's actually my favorite mm-hmm. part about the shooters in general. Is just because I feel like, you know, that's when there's more skill involved sometimes, and just having to be, actually be able to aim and stuff like that. Yeah. so that's what I like about it. Well,
1: just just the nature of the map itself. Theed is the the capital city of Naboo for non Star Wars nerds from so episode it's, one. <clears throat> from episode, so it's in the city. Like, I just. I'm personally not like a big fan of like city esque maps in games because there's like a lot of places where people can just hide behind corners and it, it only took like a day for everybody to find like okay well if I hide behind this stairwell I can like s- snipe three people before while they walk by me before I get killed though so that that's my issue with the map in general it's not necessarily like has to do with just the structure just you know the, I I'm not a big fan of city maps and it seems like it seems like for every mode. The odds are really tilted against one faction, so for Starfighter Assault, it was really hard to win as Rebels. For Galactic Conquest, it was really hard to win as the Separatists, and in the Strike Mode, it was really hard to win as the First Order, so... I'm sure, but that's why they have these betas, so that way they can balance. Yeah. It.
2: So I mean, maybe actually, you already was, talked about some of that balancing. I go ahead, Joe. I was gonna say really
0: quick. Um, do you think maybe that's a little bit on purpose though, because just to kind of go like with the lore? Do you think they are heavily sided sometimes, depending on what the map is and what they're trying
2: to accomplish? Um, <clears throat> that's a tricky one because I, it doesn't make for good gameplay to go. Just no, doesn't make like about game, just,
0: but at the same time, it's like. You know, they sometimes were attacked for the previous game for not, you know, being fan-servicing enough, whereas this, now they're actually doing some more of that, so I don't
2: know. I mean, it I still guess. feels like Star Wars, no matter what. Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. I don't know, I was just it's just a thought. I don't know yeah. if it was on purpose or not. For
1: Star, for Starfighter Assault, I could definitely see that, because, I mean, just the Empire, like, all those high yeah. fighters yeah. they just throw at you. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And it is right. really
1: tilted, because, you know, for, like, what we were saying... With Starfighter Assault, not only do you have, not only do the Rebels have these objectives they need to shoot, to destroy, they also have fighters that are, like, trying to blow them up, and then there's, like, turrets that are located throughout the map, so it is, it is really hard to win as Rebels in Starfighter Assault. You can do it, you just have to have, like, a good amount of people just focus solely on the objective and some really good aces that are just, like, keeping you, keeping fighters off your back. Like us. (laughs) Like us. Like us. Oh, yeah.
2: Damron. Oh, Damron baby. We're, Best
1: pilot in the Resistance.
2: We represented uh, we represented pretty hard in that mode. But um, it had another uh, smaller mode called Strike, which was, had used assets from the pre- sequel mo- trilogy movies as well. But no, it was, it was very fun. It was very pretty. I can't wait for the full game. They've already addressed a lot of concerns with it, the biggest one being based on the beta. If you only played that, it seemed almost like the random loot crates that you got were the only way to truly level up which I can definitely understand some complaints and concerns with that. Apparently, that's not how it's going to work in the full game. Um, We'll probably have more to illuminate on that at a later point, but it sounds like your progression is more based on, well, how well you play and your progression in general, not just I got this really good ability and random gambling, and now I'm amazing. Yeah, I I will
0: say one thing about it is that I actually felt like just this beta alone, I actually almost enjoyed it more than the first Battlefront. I'm not, I'm gonna say that right now. So I'm pretty excited for this one.
2: Yeah, I mean Matt and I played the heck out of the first Battlefront, and we really I would say we enjoyed it, right, Matt? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and but this this has the potential to be considerably better right out of the gate, and all the downloadable content will be free for it in the future which is very exciting. Shouldn't splinter the player base much.
1: My my biggest concern with Battlefront 2 was we hadn't really heard a whole lot about Darth Vader being in the game. But but EA, <laughs> EA addressed that issue a couple days ago, and I'm like, okay, Darth Vader's in it. I can buy it now.
2: Yeah. It's like, you know, there was no chance he was going to be in it. I mean, it's the same thing with Rogue One, too. I was just
0: like, you know, when is, when is Darth Vader going to be in this? And then at the end you see him, it's like, oh, the movie's good now. So. Yep.
1: That, that's my biggest concern with the Han Solo movie. But, the, <laughs> but if, but if the right. rumors are true... Come on, guys.
2: Come on, guys. Settle down. Um, so, anything else we can talk about with Battlefront? I think we're set with Battlefront, yep. would you guys say? That's Joe, yeah. would you uh, like to tell us your latest gaming accomplishment to segue into our next section? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's the biggest badge of honor I've ever had in my life. Um, I had the opportunity oh to defeat the game cuphead on regular mode um so i was pretty excited about that but no but for real i really liked the game um i did i did actually just beat it about an hour ago so i was you know i was trying to actually beat this before this podcast so i could talk a little bit more about it but and also I also segue towards a different discussion we're gonna have soon um but overall i think it's a a great game it kind of has that whole like uh 1930s feel of like the animation um to say as someone else did it kind of has like the older art style of like cartoons um before like Bugs Bunny and all that stuff um has like the more outlandish stuff like Woody Woodpecker and all that kind of fun stuff and I don't know, I think it's a fun game it's difficult and I would say that if you like um Side-scrolling shooters, or just like boss fights in general, which pretty much this is all boss fights. Um, this is a great game to pick up, and I know Frank had the opportunity to play, not as much as I did, but you know, he can share a little bit about his thoughts on the game if you would like. That's easily
1: so, one of my. Go ahead. Would man. you would you say this is game of the year material
0: right here? I
2: mean, I would well, say. Well, I was just gonna say I'm. In, I would say it's on my top five so far this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not. To the hype of E3 and how they kind of made this game,s because like it got hyped three years in a row, two years in a row, so that's just like it's impossible to live up to that. It's definitely a good game. Um I don't think it's gonna be game of the year because I just don't think it's enough content and it's just not enough with that. But
1: it's really, it's really hard to beat Overwatch
0: for game of the year again. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, that's going to be a hard contender for that. But, yeah, I would just say it's definitely a good game for what it is. And, you know, I would definitely recommend it for anyone that wants to play a game like that.
2: Um, but, yeah, I would say, back uh, to
0: Fort Frank saying. Uh,
2: yeah, it's something that I I've been enjoying so far this year. It's, it's really good. I haven't beaten it yet, but I really like the art style. I'm a pretty big fan of like, not only classic movies, but a lot of classic animation. And just movies in general, it all kind of goes together with that. But it really does emulate a classic, like, Max Flusher cartoon or, or like, a little bit of a Betty Boop type thing going on. And it's, it's just awesome. I just wish I had the black and white mode unlocked. I've been trying. It is brutal to unlock that. So what do, you, beat... what do you have to do for that? I actually didn't know about that mode. Yeah, you have to do, uh, you have to do the, the like run and gun missions, like the regular levels, but you can't kill anything. So do you have to do all of them, or just all one? six of the run and gun levels without no. killing anything? Wow, seems yeah. pretty hard. Which, yeah, I guess it's it's worth it though because it even changes the sound to like that classic cartoon sound, so everything's crackly and. Echoes a lot more, and I kind of want it like really bad for like a second playthrough, but I'll I'll wait till I actually game before I really try.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got a chance to beat through it, and it actually has some nice little like um, Easter eggs or just fun things that come about in the game too. Like at the end, it's kind of spoilers, but uh, for the devil, you can actually you actually have a choice to either give up the soul contracts or you can actually work for the devil. So there's actually an option. You get a bad ending, yeah. Yep. So I did both endings. You don't endings. have to fight the
2: funnel boss. Yeah. yeah, I did
0: both endings really quick. Because it's really easy because you can always go back and play it. Because technically haven't beaten the game though, so you can always go back and redo it. So
2: Retry. Yep. So well, we would say Cuphead is a difficult game, Joe. So yep. and Matt, would you guys say that we could perhaps uh segue into our next section, which is talking about difficulty? in modern video games as opposed to difficulty in old games what it means what are good examples things like that
0: yeah for sure I think we can start talking about that so I would say a modern example of a difficult game would be Cuphead but it also does take some of the older aspects of what a difficult game used to be Um, but yeah I mean when it comes to older games it seems like a lot of games were just created just to be hard um, in a way that was I would say almost unfair like Matt would you like, when you play older games, do you kind of feel that way? Or when you kind of look at it from, like, new games and old games, how do you feel about that?
1: <clears throat> well, even, even games that, like, try to, like, capture that, like, old game hardness, like, honestly, like, I'm just, I'm just so spoiled by how easy modern games are yeah. that whenever I play Shovel Knight, which isn't really that hard, it's just, like, Oh, like so. If I die, I have to like go back to almost the beginning of the level. Like it's just, and Shovel Knight's a pretty like tame example, cause very for for what it, for what it tried to be. But even even that, like I'm just I'm I'm personally just spoiled at how how easy games are. How many times you can just like quick save, boom. Like oh, I'm gonna get into a nasty combat. Better quick save. So yeah, it's just I don't know if uh like I know what you're talking about. Like the arcade stuffs being unfair, which. You know, they're trying to get money out of you to keep playing, but even like even Mario, like we're pretty spoiled nowadays with how easy games are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know some of it has to do with limitations of hardware back in the day where you couldn't save or be able to have some save points, or you know, it can only keep so much memory within it, so that's why I had to restart you at the beginning level, you know, sometimes like that. But you know, like, I guess a good example of like, I think a good, fair, hard game. Back in the day was probably Mega Man as well. Like I felt they were usually pretty like they were definitely beatable, but they were they were hard. Um it just took time. There, like go ahead, Frank.
2: There were certainly games back then that were just like completely unfair, but I don't think Mega Man was unfair. No, I it think wasn't. Mega Man was actually pretty well designed. You have pretty extreme, very precise control of your character. You have the tools, it's just you just have to know how to use them to succeed in any level, even if you haven't beaten that certain boss. I I think Mega Man was a good example of like classic hard. Yeah. But then there's like ghouls and ghosts or <laughs> uh Castlevania Two or I mean just so many other ones that are just ridiculous designed to just kill you in the most horrible ways over and over and over again. Uh, I mean, there's a character in the first level of Ghouls and Ghosts that the Red Aramur, the little devil guy, that it, it literally scrolls the screen when you try to jump. So if you try to jump over it in the wrong direction, it's going to hit you every single time. Yep. And sometimes when you jump in the right direction, it's going to hit you every single time. And this is like two minutes into the first level. Yeah, I, And believe me, those guys are in the rest of the game, too.
0: Yeah, I did not enjoy that game whatsoever. Like, even when I was a kid, I tried playing that. It was just way too hard. Like, I could not get past... I don't think I could even beat... I think I might have beat the first level. But it was just... it. I would say it probably wasn't even enjoyable. It was just... Nope. It was just too hard. It and has it was,
2: the classic... Oh, go ahead.
0: Um, never mind. Go ahead.
2: It has, it has the classic full... You know, if you get a game over, it's game over. Back yep. to start. No continues. Um, and you gotta beat... And then just the ultimate punch in the face once you beat the game all six levels it's like oh that's awesome i beat it oh no you don't you gotta do it all over again you literally have to beat the game twice in a row to get the ending that's and awful it's, it's it's brutal it is not a pleasant experience did you um, have an opportunity and that, to ever beat it i got to the fifth level once and i i just i gave up it was too hard <laughs> Then there's games like Battletoads where it's a weird kind of in-between where it is really brutal, but it's more like rote memorization brutal, not, and just good reflexes brutal. It's not random, undodgeable nonsense. There's there's patterns to literally everything in that game, which is why it's actually a pretty well-designed game, but it's just brutally hard. Everybody knows about the Turbo Tunnel, it's the third level, and it's, it's the same pattern every single time, but it's random or it's not random. It's, it's just rote memorization and you, you not only have to memorize it, you have to have the reflexes to do it too, but if you do it too early, then you die. If you do it too late, then you die. And it's, it's pretty brutal, but it's beatable. The classic hard games are, are a little different than, than modern hard games. I, yeah. a lot of games get a, a certain reputation nowadays. And I think we are really spoiled. Like Matt said, um, if you wouldn't mind, Joe, I, I wouldn't I would like to kind of talk about a few of those. Yeah, for sure. Um like we just mentioned Cuphead definitely takes its design from some classic games. It plays a lot like Contra, for example. But Contra? It, <laughs> yeah. Previously recorded. Um Oh, well, yeah, I guess that, that's from an episode that they had. Yeah. On, I, um or Metal Slug, that was another good example. Yeah. Uh but it's 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 more it's more fair than those games ever were. You don't have lives. You get sure. infinite retries. All the bosses take no more than 3 minutes unless you're just not hitting them. Um it's not to be like when you die it's more of a mild inconvenience. But the classic hard games when you died, I mean it was like back to start. It was it was brutal. Um very different challenge. But then even taking something like that with Cuphead, it it they modernized it a bit. And then let's yeah. let's move forward a little bit. Let's talk about Dark Souls, the Souls series of games, are notorious (laughs) for their difficulty. But I've always had a kind of interesting view of those because those games are designed in such a way that as long as you don't just make no progress and just die over and over again and never accumulate souls, they're very, very beatable. You're always getting stronger. Eventually, you can brute force your way through it, especially the first two. The third one, yeah, you can probably brute force through that too, but it is a bit harder. Yeah. But it's not they're not they're really just more games that punish you for your mistakes. They're never really unfair. No. But they get this they get this kind of rap like, "Oh my gosh, this is so hard." And I can't believe that the game does this, but there's never there's no real penalty for failure. There's nothing you can lose permanently. Uh and that in that playthrough anyway. There's, you know, you could accidentally kill the wrong NPC or the game doesn't really tell you where to go sometimes. But that's not I don't really think that's unfair. I think that's just challenging. and i think we're kind of conditioned as gamers where even hard difficulty means that oh i die more but i only go back four feet and i just keep going
0: yeah i mean i would even say that like for campaign modes and like shooters um a lot of them like you can beat games on the hardest difficulty no problem because the save point is only it's like it saves every like few minutes so even if you're like in this really hard part you can just like oh i died well i guess i'll just restart my quick save and just keep doing it until you beat it, and you just kind of brute force your way through it. So it's really not hard. It's just like, how many times are you willing to play through it until you beat it? That's all it is. It has nothing to do with it being difficult, almost. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Would you agree with that, Matt, For when it comes to more modern games? Like, <coughs> this, they're just wait. I think they're just... I can't actually think of a, a hard game, besides, like, Dark Souls and maybe Cuphead now, but besides that, newer hard games are kind of hard to come by.
2: Uh, XCOM. XCOM is an interesting difficulty, but why don't you tell us about why why XCOM is a good example?
1: So, so XCOM is a tactical tactical game, RTS. You control alien. Aliens are invading. You have to you have to form XCOM. You have to stop the aliens from coming, and there's a there's a timer, there's usually like within like the first like hour, hour and a half of the game, there's like this is what you have to work for. And the timer on getting this done goes down and down and down. And when you do missions, like your your characters can like you die. Like you can have a colonel on a mission. He can just get one shotted by a a sectoid. And if he's he's dead, he's not coming back. And if you like if you don't prioritize stuff right and if you lose too many people, like you can fail that game and the game does not hold your hand. And it's, it's based on percentages for how well you do when you're in combat with shooting and defense. So it's like, oh, yeah, 95%. Like I can totally one shot this guy and it's just like pew, 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 miss. And he shoots you and it's one shot gone. So, yeah, that game can be pretty challenging sometimes.
2: But it's the, it's still kind of a fair challenge too, and because yeah. of modern saves, you can just whoop, revert right back. Yep, it's it's uh just a different time, I guess, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a criticism. I mean, you can make those games harder too. Like you can set XCOM to Iron Man mode, which means that it's only on hard difficulty or higher, and if you cannot reload a save, like you can make a save so if you got to quit playing or whatever, but you can only load that save once, and then once you load it, it deletes it, and that's it. Um, so you can't just keep save scumming and trying to to correct your mistakes because you made a bad tactical call. And honestly, losing is part of the fun in XCOM because sometimes you'll get into like a death spiral on your campaign because you really, really messed up a mission. And it's kind of hilarious watching how quickly everything can fall apart. <laughs> it's uh, almost a part of the appeal and you know even the game even gives you like a completion screen when you lose it just says you know you failed or something it yeah. tells you what your stats were does the same thing if you win it's just generally more positive positive. and you didn't doom the earth to a whole bunch of slavery to aliens it's it's just an interesting time with difficulty these games get so much hype about them and when people beat games like dark souls they think that they're owed some badge of honor because they you know, beat a game that's considered difficult. Whereas, I'm not sure that's really warranted because anyone could beat those games if you just had the patience and time. They're not unfair. You don't have to master anything mechanically, really. It's just more like, don't get hit by this attack. When he does this thing, go this way. It's stuff like that. For
0: sure. I mean, that's the way it seems... Now, and honestly, I think people just like, especially like the younger generation that hasn't had a chance to play a lot of the older games that we had a chance to play, it just seems that now they're kind of like used to having their handheld and like telling them exactly what they can do. And I mean, part of that has to do with the fact that now games can be a lot bigger and longer, so they can add tutorials and stuff like that. So that's part of the reason. But also, too, it's just, um, I mean, I think they're just used to being able to beat a game like easily like they're just like given that opportunity just to get through it and like if they beat the game it's considered a good game if they can't beat it it's a bad game and that's why difficulty I think is kind of important because like and it makes it part of the game itself and you know newer fans might not like that as much because they are used to just being able to complete a game no problem but at the same time like it just doesn't challenge people and so I think having a nice strike or a nice balance of challenge and like story or a nice um, like just some type of way to make the game more than just a story I think is key for a lot of stuff or at least for a newer game or I hope that newer games could actually do
2: now some games actually use their difficulty uh, for their for their own benefit like they they kind of want you to fail a little bit to make it more interesting um, just like we were talking about Shadow of War earlier, it's one of those games where death is not a good thing, but it's almost encouraged, just because it it'll change things up. You have to you have to learn from your mistakes and deal with a whole different situation you literally created uh, based on emergent gameplay. So, for example, if an orc kills you in that game, even if it's some unnamed mook, they get a name and a title. And they remember doing that and they might get a lot of accolades and level up a ton from that. And if the same one keeps killing you over and over and over again, they can get real strong and you might have a really hard time killing them. It's it's quite a change from a lot of other games where death is more like just a clean slate wipe. Dark Souls, when you die, you drop all of your currency on the ground. Uh, I say currency because Bloodborne and all sorts of other games use this now. Neo and things like that um, and and you can go back and grab it but if you can't make it back and you die in the meantime then you lose it and the cycle continues and so on um, but in Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor when you die uh, all that stuff happens time advances so things that you left unresolved can, can change maybe not in your favor maybe in your favor it creates almost new world state you can advance time anytime but when you die is when stuff really changes and it, it's kind of almost like you kind of want to die sometimes just because it makes the game more interesting, which I'm kind of starting to feel like I should have played the game, started the game on hard difficulty because I am not dying like much at all. <laughs> and I, I know that sounds really strange, but, but Matt, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, like I'm starting to get to that point where unless I put myself into a sticky situation, <clears throat> Yeah, I don't die very much either. Like I'm, I I think I've got every base power
2: unlocked. I just need to yeah. get like all their their side stuff now. I was really surprised how quick that happened too. Like I, we're not very far in the game. We can't be. I've I've taken over two fortresses. Uh, okay, you're a little ahead of me then. But <laughs> but still, it's I I just I'm just surprised that it it happened so quickly. But. But it's just it's a difficulty gets a lot of hype, you know. Like games like Cuphead that while well, we personally enjoy them, there's a lot of people online that are really bashing it and saying it's unfair, hard. Yeah. And it it's it's not though. Like it is certainly challenging, but you kind of got to swallow your pride on this one and just, well, you like this one, Matt. Get good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually like, this uh,
0: funny um, like video of someone. It's like a game. It's like a game critic. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this video, but it's actually someone who is playing a tutorial of Cuphead and is not able to jump over, do the jump dash onto like this ledge, and it took what, him. On a th- tutorial? Yeah, it took him almost over a minute to actually complete it.
2: Is it a gag? Is he? No, he's
0: not joking. And he got a lot of oh. heat for it of how bad he was at it.
2: And... I don't believe you. That can't be right. The only people that are bad at video games are Polygon.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I I think I'm almost going to put that in the show notes for like on um, the post that people have an opportunity to see this great video of this person failing pretty much. Um, because I mean, and the thing is he's complaining too, is like, it's, like, it's like, how about you guys post the first 20 minutes if you're experience in cuphead and the thing is like there's people that have and obviously they gotten past that no problem so um
2: so actually that brings me to something i didn't even think about do you guys think that the hype around difficulty of these games actually makes them harder for people because they're more like anxious and nervous about stuff
0: i'm sure for
1: some people i'm sure for some people it does because, like, that that was kind of how it was for me with Bloodborne when Bloodborne came out. Like, oh my gosh, it's another Souls game. And don't get me wrong, like, Bloodborne is a challenging game. But, like, once you understand, like, what you're doing and the mechanics of it and how the monsters in the world interact, like, you you can get through some of that stuff pretty... not Not easily, but
2: it's still going to be a challenge, but it's not soul-crushingly hard. No, it's play smart, not hard. It's just mechanically those games really aren't that complicated you just have to know when to dodge and when not to or when to attack and just when to hold off you can't get greedy but you can't be a coward either and Uh i think they strike a really good balance like so many games now it's one or the other Uh like be overly defensive like the first dark souls for example it's not correct the correct way to play the game is not with just a shield up the whole time honestly you should be dual do wielding as much as possible, just run in, dodge a lot. But the game kind of forces you into this turtley defensive style because it throws a really good shield at you right at the beginning of the game, and it wants you to really, um, you know, kind of turtle up. You can block almost all damage with it and just be really careful. But that's a really boring and uninspired way to play the game. Plus, it's not going to help you on bosses because most bosses, you can't block their attacks anyway. Uh, it teaches you bad habits, but Bloodborne throws you right in. You never get a shield, and the one you do get breaks the second you pull it out. Um, that's kind of a gag. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Matt, you hadn't really played a Souls game before. You played Dark Souls 1 a little bit um, before Bloodborne came out, but that was it, right?
1: Yeah, I played a little bit of Bloodborne, and I, I enjoyed the game. I just just came out at a weird time, and then by the time I got back into it, just... And just just wasn't a good and me and Dark Souls never clicked. I I enjoyed the game a lot. Like I could I could see like the appeal of the game, and I could see there was a lot to offer. I just never really got into it. And then Bloodborne, I got it, and that game came out like three weeks after my my Elijah was born, so I didn't get to dedicate a lot of time to that. But a but a year later, a year after it came out, I was able to. I put a lot of time into the game, and I I really got into it, and I played it and I beat it and I mean it's a really good game probably one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 4 right now still it's just it's a very well-made game I like the universe and like I said it's hard but I like that it doesn't insult me as a player like playing it but at the same time like I don't feel like I can never beat something
2: yeah and it's just I mean going back to the point we had it was just you know the hype of it kind of makes people expect it to be hard so they make it harder in their head there's a lot of psychology there cuphead is definitely an example there's a lot of youtube videos of people like they the one that that joe's mentioning I'm, i haven't seen it but some people will go into it thinking oh man this is so hard but it it's you know it's not that bad it's it's hard it's challenging you're gonna die that's just a fact but it doesn't mean that it's some insurmountable obstacle that you can never prevail of
0: yeah I mean, the thing is, I watched some people stream it before I didn't buy it and play it. And when I first watched them play it, it looked difficult. Like, I almost looked like I probably wouldn't be able to, like, play it. Or, like, I was like, oh, man, this game actually looks hard. And then when I actually, like, started up and started playing it, I was like, actually, this isn't that hard. And, you know, it's just, like, as long as you're used to playing those kind of games where if you played anything that's similar to, like, Contra or... McMahon or any other game like that like you should be able to beat this game like you should be able to get through it it just takes time that's pretty much it so
2: yeah that's that's about all i think i have to say about that but it's it's something worth thinking about well i
0: mean that leads us right to another great topic we can go to fandom you know broken Fandoms
2: morning. part trois yeah I
0: mean, we're almost on part. Are we part three or are we on part four? Yeah, it's four part now? three. I think we're almost at four. We didn't yeah. really talk about
2: it last week. Did we not?
1: Just. I think no. we just did for a second. Yeah. We so to, like I guess
2: you and so, I, Joe. So, you and I did ours, yeah. and then with everybody.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I think you guys all heard about the hype about Rick and Morty. McDonald's decided to cater to those to those people, and um, <laughs> uh, made the availability of a sauce. And then the sauce wasn't really available to, at many places. And a lot of people didn't get it. So before, got, before we go into that, Matt, so context. context. Yeah. So,
2: so, context.
1: so season three of Rick and Morty, kind of the first episode of season three, like people. I I personally hadn't been because I just started watching this show in March. But a lot of people have been waiting for season three of Rick and Morty for almost two years now, if I'm not mistaken. And April Fool, a- April first, April Fool's Day, they just drop a new episode, first episode of season three. Everyone like goes crazy, it's like oh my gosh, stupid Rick and Morty, like my life's complete. And the end of the episode, Rick's going into like his rant, and context. Like a lot of the show is like done, like a lot of the dialogue is improv in these rants. So. Justin Royland, the voice of Rick, is just like going on this rant and he's like, I-, I want this, uh I want this McNugget sauce, this Mulan McNugget sauce, Morty. And it goes back to a joke like earlier in the episode that he's been he keeps going back to this memory of like when they had this McNugget sauce for the when M- Mulan came out, the back sauce yeah,
2: back in,
1: yeah. And so he's like, That's that's what this whole show's about is it's like nine nine seasons like all i want is to like find some of this mulan mcnugget sauce which you know the funny thing is like this show deals with like teleportation and time travel and going into different universes the portal gun like you know it would not be hard for him to go into one of the infinite universes where mulan mcnugget sauce just exists forever that point aside people just got really fixated on this mcnugget sauce like brick and morty fans were just like this is a joke now and we got to run this joke into the ground and i personally thought we were done with this joke like i thought we had just moved on but then mcdonald's was like now we're releasing it for one day only and of course the intellectually elite rick and morty fans were just like (laughs) i need to get get the um, mcnugget sauce like it's just, and it was a mess because there weren't enough McNugget sauces sent out to various McDonald's. Some McDonald's only got seventy sauces, which to assume that only seventy Rick and Morty fans are in that city is obviously an insult. But yeah, it was just a mess, and people like
2: insult, freak, freak <laughs> out, they freak out. I'm not sure that was the right word, but. Um... It's, it's, it's an example going back to our fandoms talk is that it's, it's just kind of an unhealthy way to go about it. Uh, when the reason why we're picking on this isn't that it was unfortunate that there wasn't enough sauces. It's the reaction to them not having enough sauces where there were examples and videos of people threatening the lives of various McDonald's employees uh people talking about how their, their kids were crying and super sad they couldn't get the McNugget sauce, which is a bizarre thing, because why are they are their kids even aware of Rick and Morty? It is not a children's yeah, show. Yeah, they
0: shouldn't be really I mean, I guess they could watch it, but you know, they probably shouldn't be. This
2: is it's, the future
1: just the future gentleman.
2: Well, it's it's and the thing is, you know, what's really utterly and completely bizarre about it is that a lot of the more hardcore, elitist Rick and Morty fans think they're very intellectually superior because they understand the show on a higher level, which is insane because it's an entertaining, well-thought-out show, but it's really not any more intellectually stimulating than your next animated television show. They will talk about how they just get it, and Rick just gets them, and things like that. And then they fall for an obvious marketing ploy like this it is insane to me like they can still possibly think that they're still so intellectually superior it's almost like the character from the show trolled the fans although apparently if interviews with the creators they didn't intend for this to happen it was not a planned thing it was just a rant that they had and they thought was really funny
0: yeah and I mean, that's the way it should have been. It should have been just in the show. It was just a joke. It wasn't supposed to be something that's supposed to go in the real life. And then McDonald's is like, hey, let's take it to this next step, you know, and you know, let's make it limit availability and then make it and hype it up. Which, you know, that's what you do. But the thing is, like, the fans reacted in a negative way because, like, oh, they're like, oh, no, I didn't get the opportunity or I didn't get my sauce because the thing is they almost felt like they earned it or that they deserve it because they're a fan. And so it's just bizarre, yeah, it is weird. It's just like they almost like you know like inherited the sauce moulin sauce, you know, and just want it, and which is it's it's just
2: a limited run asian inspired sauce that's all you it can is. go you can go to a to a Kroger or or uh, a a good, Walmart and buy satchelwan sauce, no but and if they you really... they don't
1: have the they don't have the limited edition rick and morty poster
2: at the Kroger or Walmart though.
1: I'm sure you <laughs> which, which, a, which was also offered at McDonald's. Oh, but nice, I don't
2: I, I guess I mean if you if you want you could buy that and then throw in some corn syrup and there you go. You got McDonald's Szechuan sauce. Or I I just it is such a bizarre I can't even get in the mindset. I usually am, am I think you guys would say that I'm uh I kind of you know get people I understand I try to try to see it from all angles but Boy, I don't get this one. This one, oh. this just, one, just I don't. Get. I
0: mean, I almost don't think there's anything to get. It's just like these people are just acting irrationally over something that is a limited run. That's all it is, and they expected to be able to get it. But the thing is, it was limited edition, and honestly, McDonald's probably doesn't even know how popular Rick and Morty is. It just probably went with it because they were fucking, men- they were mentioned in the in the show, and then got and worked with the show after that, but. You know, they probably just didn't really expect that that many people really wanted this.
2: Guys. My point is, I don't even know why it exists, though. Like, it's... I mean, who actually goes McDonald's? A, That's my question. Like, yeah. I don't even like, eat well, there. I don't there even eat there. Millions of people. Apparently. I know, but I
0: mean, I don't even eat there anymore, so I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: but Joe, That's you're that.
0: anecdotal. You can't I possibly use yourself I'm. As I'm, I'm everybody, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm... Um,
1: I, don't, well, I don't go there, so who else goes there? <laughs> right. we're, going off
2: the, we're going off the rails here. But it's it's what really what this all boils down to is just perspective. There's a certain lack of it in a lot of things today, and I'm not going to get into anything besides popular culture, but it's all about perspective. And a lot of folks don't realize just how awesome it is that we live in a time where all your favorite franchises are right at your fingertips via books or movies or the Internet. Sadly, uh, or video games, you can experience these things and, and enjoy these things. You don't have to constantly seek more and more and more and the next big thing with it. Rick and Morty is just uh, hitting at just the right time. It's a intensely nihilistic show about a jackhole that is kind of baby's first nihilism lesson. And a lot of people are really resonating with that because they've never thought of life that way. And they're like, oh my gosh, Rick is me. I'm Rick because I'm smarter than all these other people around me. And it it's just a very bizarre thing because it's it's almost like they have no perspective on the fact that that's not true at all. They, they aren't smarter than anyone else, but people think they are and because Rick is smarter than everyone else and he's perfect and never makes mis- real mistakes. They think he's like Cartman from South Park and he's someone to be emulated or or something like that when in actuality, he's a cautionary tale. He's not a character you're meant to like. No, you're not supposed to strive to be like
0: Rick. You're not supposed to want to be him because honestly, like he is smarter, like supposedly smarter than everyone but really he can't admit mistakes which makes him think he's smarter than everyone. That's what it really is but obviously that's loss on people a lot
2: of even, a lot of it there's so, even an episode where he you, to reveal that he's been going and changing people's memories anyway whenever yeah, he does mess exactly but, i mean i'm not going to get into the rick and morty lore. it just <laughs> it's 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 not it's fine to it's fine to like things but it, you have to keep perspective on it like i really like star wars and i saw the last jedi trailer and i'm gonna be honest with you guys i mean maybe we should capstone with this but I'm going to ask you guys, I don't know how I feel about it. It was a very busy trailer. I liked the goodwill they built up from Force Awakens and even Rogue One, where there was a lot of practical effects and a sort of subdued tone. Like, don't get me wrong, there were certainly action sequences in both films. But Force Awakens, you know, it's kind of understated, uh, even compared to the original Star Wars. There weren't a lot of, like, hallway shootouts or anything like that. Yeah, there was a big action set piece at the end, but it was still more of a character-driven thing and not just bang, bang, pew, pew, pow, pow, like episode one, two, and three were. But there was a lot of really busy CGI in that trailer.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I don't... Like, even there's a shot where it's the First Order all lined up and it looks like a hangar, but it is, like, the most visually busy thing I think I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. And it's, it's still a static background, but there's so much stuff. And I don't know, and... I'm not someone who just hates on things. I always want to give it a chance. I'm going to see it day one, and I'm very excited. But I I don't know. I liked the first trailer because it, it captured what I like about Star Wars without being loud and bombastic. But this was just like normal trailer except for a Star Wars movie, and it, it bothered me. They did these awkward cuts yep. where, like, this character is doing this thing to this character. Well, no, they're not. Those are two clearly different scenes. And it's cheap and manipulative, and they didn't really do that in the last two Star Wars movies. I, I feel like...
0: this, Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. This trailer felt like every other movie trailer you ever see, they definitely did some hard cuts to things that aren't related at all. Um, and I, I don't know. I, this trailer actually... I, I think I actually started laughing almost near the end of it because I thought I was just like, what is this? this like This doesn't seem like... Something I actually really want to go see usually, because usually when I see a Star Wars trailer, like I, it has a tone to it and it makes sense. This one I just didn't get it, and I feel like they're almost falling to a point where it's gonna go back to like the first, like first episodes, like one, two, and three, and start making all kinds of like these weird CGI, very busy effects. And that was the problem with a lot of those is that there's just way too much going on. So hopefully they don't it's- do that.
2: CGI in itself is not bad. There was no. a ton in Rogue One and Force Awakens, oh, but yeah. it, still, it still had a certain balance to it and a believability, and I'm I am genuinely worried that this is going to... They're not going to learn from their mistakes because they've had successes. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm unfounded, and I'm only using this as an example of, like, this is something I love, but I'm not afraid to criticize it and still love it. The problem is... A lot of people in fan bases and I may be going for straw men here, but you can't say anything bad about the thing they like, period. Because if you do, they then they have to admit it's bad, which is ridiculous. That's not at all what that means.
1: Well, a lot of it's... people put their identity into like the things they like. So a lot of people see themselves as like I'm a Rick and Morty fan, that's who I am or like I'm a Star Wars fan, that's who I am. Like Insert whatever like that becomes like a part of their identity it's It's just like anything else in life that you criticize you're not you can criticize those fandoms or those ideas, but people think you're attacking them when you do it as well, well it true. pretty much comes it, down to
2: that's that's very true it's it's a it's a like an identity a badge, and I would love to get into pop culture being identities, but I don't want to go for another hour and a half
1: um,
0: yeah but... I guess the one thing i'm a little bit worried about is Porg. Like, why did they have to introduce stuff
2: like that? <laughs> like, well, it is a little strange that they, they're they like, going for a cute mascot character when I thought people didn't like that.
1: I th- I thought BB-8 was, like, a cute enough mascot. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was enough. Like, that I'm, was just, I'm just enough. throwing that up there.
2: I think yeah, BB-8's, BB-8's adorable. We're overdue for another droid. Like, uh, you know, it's been six movies, so I was, I was totally on board with BB-8. I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. It made sense. But... Yeah, and it, it made sense. It's kind of like an evolution of a technology that's been around for a while, you know, it's similar to like R2D Two, but not completely. But then like now we're throwing in CGI Furbies or Puffins or whatever the heck it's supposed to be. <laughs> and, you know, I, uh-huh. I don't know how I feel about that because they're already over merchandising this character and we don't even know what it is. Well, it, yeah. it's...
0: Like and the thing is, too, is, like in the trailer it's just like why is why is it with Chewbacca?
2: What why is it there? Like it makes well, but it, pl- that's, it, pl- that's to it applies the Falcon stuff. now. Well, yeah, it's clearly, <laughs> but, but no, I, I mean, I'm not going to question. I, I, there's no problem with them introducing things in the trailer. I don't understand. It's just more well, like, no, but I mean, just like, don't it's want just... them to force it down our throats. Like it's, it's. I'm a little worried because now that Disney's had two successes, I'm a little worried that they're going to start really shoveling it in. It's like they and... almost
0: had George Lucas come back and write this stuff. It's just like okay.
2: I don't know. I mean, it's just could be the way that the trailer's edited. I just... I wasn't... I don't mind cryptic trailers, but I'd rather they be more cryptic than what this was because this probably showed us a lot of important stuff without really showing us important stuff. But when you see well, the that, movie, you're like, I can't believe Yeah, and it, it, without that context, it almost ruins the movie when you see it because you're like, oh, that's the context? Because some people, you know, you build up an expectation. I saw this a lot with TV shows like Lost, they'd show the the preview for the next episode, and everyone would have all these crazy theories, and none of them would be right. Yeah. And then a lot of those people would get really mad because they thought they solved it, and that's what's I think going to happen with this because there's a lot of people that don't pay attention to detail. And I, I guess before we do this, we've moved on. We're past fandoms now. We're just yeah. talking about the Star Wars trailer. Um, uh, as we had to. They're they're going to see this and be like, well, what do you? I thought Kylo Ren was putting his hand towards Rey. What? What's this? You didn't go to <laughs> the trailer, and and I am not being a straw man about this because there's a lot of people that will have already made up their mind with what's going to happen, and they're going to be upset because it didn't happen the way they expected, and they're they're going to bash the movie just like how now it's popular to hate on Force Awakens, and even though that movie was fine, it was totally fine. I don't. That's the story from the day, but I. I'm excited about the film. I wasn't... am not sure how i feel about the trailer.
0: Yeah, I still right. think it's going to be a good film. I think it's just that the trailer just seemed... It's, it's just that it was different, but not in a good it's, way.
2: So. It didn't feel like a Star Wars trailer, no. other than the blaring John Williams soundtrack in the background. Yep. And... And you know, the recognizable characters. I'm glad that they look like they're really moving past the old characters and like just really embracing the new ones, which is what I was hoping they would do. Yeah, I, I, feel like some, like I feel like some I feel like
0: some of that's a little bit forced, obviously, for some reasons, but yeah.
2: you kinda have to though, because yeah. they're not gonna stop after episode nine. So yeah. I guarantee you we're gonna get an episode ten, eleven, twelve with these same characters. And let's be a little older. They're not gonna do a time jump for 20 years or whatever I mean I could be wrong but
0: yeah I'm the just... funny thing
2: is I actually talked to some people like just like
0: um, when I played soccer they were talking about the Star Wars trailer because it came out I think that day or like a few days before or whatever and they were just talking about it and then they actually didn't know that there is plans to release movies after episode 9 they actually thought it was going to be done by then it's like no oh, there's, oh. There's, there's a movie going to be almost one a year like they didn't even know that there was going to be a Han Solo movie coming out and so oh I got, no! Did, so, did you tell them? Yeah, so I got to drop that knowledge and them. They seem—they seem excited. So, it's sarcasm aside, it's
2: just—it's—it's <laughs> it's a. I wasn't being sarcastic. They stuff. were actually excited. No, I—I no, I don't mean you. I mean, I mean, with Matt. but it's—it's <laughs> it's like a lot of people don't follow it like we do, or even yeah. the people that might listen to this cast. You know, you—we're more immersed in this, and we we care about it more. But it's. That's what's kind of scary about it because that's who this trailer was made for because they know that we're going to eat it up no matter what. And I I don't want Star Wars to get really stupid again. I thought they did a good job having like enough there to really look into it and like really trying to like get the meat off the off the bone so to speak, but even Rogue One had that even though I didn't like it that much. It I don't want this to become just a fluffy Action movie where here is a scene of the Millennium Falcon flying through a crystalline structure, which is oddly reminiscent of the uh, asteroid run chase. Here is a bunch of walkers, except now they're gorillas. Here is a bunch of of this and that. It's just it's a reference to remember this time when this thing was a thing. I don't want that to just be Star Wars forever. I I as much as I have issue with the prequels, they at least introduce new things. And based on what they've shown us in this trailer, this is just going to be the dark chapter. And it's going to do the exact same stuff Empire did. I swear, if somebody gets a limb cut off, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> Specifically, if it's a hand again. Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of symbols in there. And you know what? Somebody's probably going to lose a hand because that's just how Star Wars works. But I,
0: it's either you I lose don't some... want to see It's either you Empire lose again. your
2: hand or you get cut in half going
1: to who's gonna lose their hand rare rare uh
2: kylo ren play see pets. that's the thing they're not i'm hoping that they're setting this up i'm i'm being foolish about this but i'm hoping that they're going to set this up to where our expectations are it's going to be just like empire where uh, uh kylo ren or snoke or somebody reveals some deep secret to ray and she's like no! And then, you know, loses a limb or something, and and it's just Empire. Like, And then the next movie, you know, somebody's captured, and, and we got to save them. And, 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 oh, man, I will be not happy if they do that. But actually, maybe uh, they're setting it up to where they're going to do that. And then, oh, it's not like that at all. It's actually a twist. And there's actually secretly dinosaurs the whole time. I don't know. It just...
0: I have this awesome prediction... I think Luke Skywalker is gonna lose his other hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or or uh plot twist, Luke uh becomes uh Darth Vader part two. Or oh, that just
1: don't well if if Spoilers. Luke's on the low, it's happening. If Luke's not on the high ground, then it's definitely gonna
2: happen. Oh man, yeah. If he gets into a lightsaber duel, he better stay on the on the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I think the movie will be fine. I'm not panicking about it in any stretch. I just didn't care for that trailer. And I don't like how they make these trailers like massive epic events. It's a 2-minute trailer. It it should be just like, "Hey, this movie's coming out. Be excited about it." Not the trailer, the teaser for the trailer. <laughs> just it's the teaser for the teaser for the trailer. And I I don't I don't like that. Games do it too. Even some books do it weirdly enough. Dan uh, Dan Brown's I'm sure magnum opus, which has just come out. I don't even know what it's called. It's just that amazing. My mind. It's called. It's called. It's called magnum opus. Oh, subtle. It's not what it's called. But (laughs) you know, even that had trailers. I'm not even kidding. Like I had a YouTube ad interrupt it, like to say, "Check out the amazing preview of Dan Brown's newest book, uh, the God Particle, or whatever he wants to call it." And it's just it's. it's uh gosh i mean even books have it and and not even going to get into this sh- terribleness of dan brown but it's it's just we we got a little ranty at the end here guys yeah. i'm really sorry I
0: i'm really sorry i think it's all right we haven't done it in a while so i think it's good to have a free flow and also i think it made sense for us to talk about the trailer um we didn't plan on it, plan on it but obviously it was going to happen
2: yeah, at least you know something's going to happen.
0: Yep. Yeah. but I guess this is a good place that we can end it. Um, so I want to thank everyone for you know taking time to listen to us uh, talk and slash rant like we did at the end here. Um, you can always check us out at uh, www.batteriesfullycharged.com Also on Twitter, we're at bfcharged, and we are actually setting up our Facebook page. It is pretty much set up. Um, I just it's pretty much line on one extra thing that we have to do on it and we'll be we starting doing that so you know do you guys have anything any last words for us or anything that you want to say before we end the show
2: uh I can't think anything. I'm straight
0: okay so thanks thanks again for uh checking out our show and we'll be here next week hopefully on the same day thank you guys so much
1: Bye. Bye-bye.